Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Deep Range Podcast. My name's Ryan, and we got Salvi here. What it do, baby? Hey, we got the Deep Range Squad giving you guys another episode. So let's get started, Salvi. What's going on? How's your week been? My week's been, not gonna lie, it's been pretty great. I mean, from a basketball standpoint, it's been amazing because you know my boy curry can shut you all up <laughs> shut all the haters right? <laughs> man took it personal that we're going to talk about that more in a bit but other than that yeah just uh living life doing work same old same old and we're still in lockdown so that doesn't help just uh staying at home how about you man yeah same here same here ball has been really exciting the last the last week and i don't just mean lamello ball i mean overall basketball <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah it's been good yeah we for everyone listening in now uh, in toronto we do have a uh, a lockdown going on so we are indoors and that means a lot more basketball and a lot more work <laughs> so yeah. it's good it's good yeah, there's yeah, some craziness awesome, going awesome. on around the world too. Like you hear about in the states about oh, yeah. the whole capital uh, hell being raided, and then even in Canada, Quebec's in uh, in curfew right now. Uh, that's like a whole other level of lockdown. So, I mean, it, it, in that sense, we're 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 not too bad in Ontario. <laughs> not not yet. I'm hearing they might do a lockdown now, but who knows? I mean, I hope not. 8 p.m. curfew, that's that's tough. Get the, get that get those 2K runs ready too if that happens. <laughs> 2K fantasy and we got ball. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we got ball. There you go. There you go. That's what's keeping us sane. <laughs> yep. Could you imagine this with no ball? I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's jump right in. So this week, let's let's talk about. Uh, you, you mentioned it. Your your fanboy, Curry fanboy here. Uh huh. He's been uh-huh. he's been on a tear the last last week. I gotta give it to what, you. Man. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Huh? Do you what what did you say? They're gonna miss the playoffs. Like Dame <laughs> Dame and CJ were better than Steph and Draymond. Okay, okay. Oh man, how do you feel about that right now? Let me hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know what? Like, I think I underestimated how much better the team is when Draymond Green steps on the floor. Um, I was thinking that, yeah, Steph is Steph. He's going to do, you know, Steph type things. So I had no doubt on that part, but it's just his supporting cast. And I feel like with Wiggins and Ubre playing the way he was playing um, and Wiseman still being like new to the league, like I, I didn't know who would be that number two guy in the Warriors, right? And turns out Draymond comes back, and even though you don't see his um, contribution on the stat sheet, you really do see um, like what he's been doing to the team in terms of setting the proper screens, uh, defending, picking up the big guys, or he can pick up a smaller guy and defend him up top uh, in terms of dishing the ball to either Wiseman or to Curry. I mean, he makes his team so much better. And yeah, and Curry obviously... 
He's been on a tear. He's been killing the Blazers, the Clippers, and he's playing the Raptors tonight. So I'm excited to see that. But I'm not surprised from, from Curry's success. I'm just surprised with Draymond Green coming in and how much better he makes this team. I think, yeah, Draymond, Draymond Green, I, I, mean, I told you, um, having give this, give this team some time to build some chemistry, and you're going to see where they go. And obviously having Draymond back does a lot for that chemistry. And not only that, I think people in general forgot how good Chef Steph Curry is. You know, as Flight says, I don't know, I don't know if you watch uh, Flight Reacts on YouTube. You know, it's a uh, uh, Chef Steph. What an inspiration, you know, Curry. So this guy is super lethal. He dropped sixty-two on Dame Lillard's head. When Dame said, oh, it's not like back in 20 uh, or three, four years back when he could just pull up from deep and not care about it because he had so many officers on his team. Steph's like, nah, I'm, I'm dropping it on your head with three, three guys guarding me. And that's exactly what he did. And then against the Clippers, he had, I don't know if you saw that screenshot of, it was, it was Kawhi, it was Nick Batum and Paul George. All of them. Oh, yeah. Three guarding guys. him up yeah. top. Three guys. And he faced that exact same defense from every single team right now. And people said that, oh, uh, Curry's always playing with All-Stars. He's not going to do the same thing when he has real defense on him. When he dropped, in, when he dropped 62 against Dame Lillard and Blazers, they're like, oh, Blazers are not a real defensive team, so Curry can't do that. Okay, well, here you go, the Clippers. Uh, apparently, Kawhi and PG are the best two wing defenders since Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, so you have that. You have Pat Bev, who's, who's always going to hound Steph. And then, yeah, the first game uh, against the Clippers, he, he struggled a little, but that was also because it was like... He, sometimes Steph has a tendency to try to get his teammates involved. And I, I do think by the end of the season, he's going to realize, fuck this, I'm just going to keep doing me, and then if everyone, if anyone else comes along, they'll come along. So in, against, in game one against the Clippers, he was doing the same thing. In game two against the Clippers, he actually also started off doing the same thing. But I think... In the third quarter, he was again like, fuck this, I'm taking over. And he just completely crushed them. Even with three guys defending him, four guys defending him sometimes. He was dribbling through four guys to get, get layups and uh, shots off. And I just feel like people forget how amazing Steph Curry is. Even me, myself, I, I was, uh, it, when we did like the player ranking in our first episode, I was like, okay, Steph Curry, maybe the third best player. I, I personally put him two, but I can see him going three. Right now, I'd be like, no, he's one. 1B maybe to LeBron's 1A. And the reason is this gives me shades of 2016 stuff. In 2016, people and me, I actually did believe Steph was better than LeBron. And a lot of people believed that too, just because of his three-point shooting and how impactful it was to the offense. Once he lost in the playoffs, again, uh, a lot of it had, had to do with injury and he wasn't the same player. People thought, okay, no, there's no way he, he can touch LeBron. And then obviously KD came to the Warriors and Steph could never show off how great he is ever again. The entire time KD was there. Last year, he got injured. And, you know, he started off really bad the first few games. And people started questioning, oh, can he carry a team by himself? Well, he'll prove it to everyone this year. And he's already started proving it. We're 10 games in. By the time we're 72 games in, I believe he will win MVP. And he will be ranked top two once again. So I, I got to ask. So definitely, I think he's he's the top player right now. I know you mentioned 1A, 1B with LeBron. I, I totally agree with you on that. But 
is this sustainable for a whole season? He's not the young Curry that he was before. I think I think it is. If you look at his game, if you look at the way he's moving, to to again, someone as someone who's been watching every Curry game since I don't know, like at least 2014, his movement looks like his unanimous MVP. Because you can tell by the way a guy moves when you look at when you watch him as much as I. I, so, uh, I did you can tell when he when he's moving well or when he's not moving well when he's a little slow in his step that's why again in the playoffs in 2016 I could tell he was slow in his step but right now I look at his movements again it's back to that 2016 level and he's moving he's quick his handles are tighter than ever and the thing about Steph is he's not Russell Westbrook that he's gonna just like go in and for a thunderous dunk he's not even Dame Lillard Dame Lillard is more athletic than Steph but Steph has a higher IQ than Dame Lillard, a better shot than Dame Lillard, obviously way better player than Russell Westbrook. And those things are going to keep being the same. And I can honestly see him being a guy like LeBron who can go into his age 33, 34, 35, 36 season and still be just as great as he is now. And I, I, he's probably going to evolve his game even more. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll average more assists down the road. But strictly for this year, it's sustainable. I know Curry's more injury prone, and that's always going to be a big consideration when you're talking about Steph. I'm hoping he doesn't get injured, but again, everything I'm saying is so that he doesn't. Uh, it's based on that him not getting injured. Him getting injured is always a possibility. Like there's no sugarcoating that. So if you're talking about like a probability standpoint, is he going to get injured? Maybe, maybe not, because his MVP seasons, he played most of, uh, most of the season without getting injured. And then after, since then, he's had a up-and-down injury history. But I'm, I'm assuming he knows how important he is to the team, and he's going to do everything he can to not get injured, and it's going to be sustainable. He's still going to put up the same numbers, if not more. Because, again, I told you last time, and I told you again this time, Wait for this team to develop the chemistry. Right now, Steph's putting up these numbers with only Draymond being the only one on the team who knows where Steph likes his balls. Because Steph is not just an on-ball player. He's also an off-ball, lethal off-ball player. And him playing off-ball is what unlocks the greatness of the whole team. And you can see it sometimes that when Steph Curry moves off-ball, two or three guys running after Steph, and then it opens up lanes for Wiggins, Draymond, whoever it is. And so, and this, and he's putting these numbers up right now playing on ball without anyone else knowing that well other than Draymond where he likes his where he likes the ball what his spots are and how they should be screening for him because even screening is an art when you're playing in a team like Golden State and then motion offense and the read and react offense screening is a skill it's not just oh I go up to the ball handler screen for him and he takes the ball around or he rejects the screen and goes the other way no now you have to set multiple screens off ball. You have to set stagger screens. You have to uh, you have to look for what you have to think three steps ahead for where can I where should I screen for Steph to be open uh, at the end of the at the end of the possession, and those things they haven't developed yet. And I I do believe with more with the more time they play together, halfway through the season, their offense will be even more lethal, and Steph will be able to use all of his powers, the on and off ball. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see the shades of, of 2016 stuff there and the way he's playing. And on and off ball, like Draymond will definitely make him better and set him up in the right spots. 
Um, it's just the space thing. Here's the thing. Teams are going to know Seth is crafty. He's extremely high IQ when it comes to uh, playing off ball, also playing on ball and ISO. And, and, but the thing is with him, teams are going to double team him. Team, teams might triple team him if they have to, right? It's can the rest of the Golden State Warriors team members score? Because when you look at that 2016 team, they had Barnes. They had, obviously, Clay Thompson. right? They had guys who can finish away from the rim, who can finish at the rim, who can drive. Well-rounded players. And then when you also factor in, like, they had guys like Bogut who can finish right at the rim. I mean, this team, I see them doing well, but Steph is going to have to carry so much of a load that he's never carried before. And unless Wiggins steps it up, and Steph needs to rest too, right? So unless Wiggins steps it up, I don't see them making this sustainable because they need to rest him. They need to have games where Steph takes the night off and recovers if they have back-to-backs and whatnot, right? I do see them dominating. Don't get me wrong. I see Steph dominating. He could potentially be an MVP. But when you factor in that he's the only guy doing it, that's a little concerning to me. And without Wiggins and Ubre at least, you know, averaging close to 20 a game, then who else is going to do the scoring on this team? I mean, Wiseman is there, but Wiseman, you need to give him at least a year to develop and learn a system and whatnot. So later, maybe closer to the postseason, I see them doing really well. Seth can average 30 points. He can do amazing. I have no doubt in my mind. It's just that if Wiggins and Ubre, and I'm saying these two specifically, because these are the ones that have been on the hot seat. They're capable of playing really well, but something's up right now. And when they're just going to ride Steph, they're going to get too comfortable. And there's not going to be a system, the Golden State system that we're so used to, that will flourish this season. And I think they need that system for Curry to be at his best, to be at his peak, without putting in uh, you know, these ISO efforts where he needs to drop like 62 in a game. So that's what I'm concerned about. So but, when, it, yeah. when it comes to Wiggins, he's actually been playing really well. Um, and... I know Wiggins has this reputation of like not being very inefficient, not being a good defender and not using his athletic tools. He's still not at the max of his potential, but he's been playing pretty well. He has been that second scorer behind Steph. And he's all, he is actually averaging almost 20 points a game. Um, and he's not only that, he's shooting 41% from three. And that's something that might not be sustainable, but he's hitting his shots. And that's what matters. Steph has that number two and uh, that he can rely on. Because not only in scoring, there was a stat that I was looking at. I saw, I saw it somewhere on Instagram that in the two games with the Clippers, Kawhi, when guarded by Wiggins, was only two for 13 or something like that. Wiggins had the primary assignment of Kawhi and he put the clamps down on the claw. And that's not something Wiggins is known for. But you always knew he had the athletic tools to do it. And I just think in the current environment that he's in, he's going to unlock that defensive side. He's going to unlock that side of the potential. The offense IQ might never come around, but the defense, that is effort. That, that is pure effort. 
And I think being on this team, he's going to do that. Being on a winning team. And when you're in Minnesota all these years, yeah, sure, you made the playoffs once. But when you're in that losing culture always, it you develop a lot of bad habits. But when you're in Golden State, you have no excuse for that. And Wiggins is showing that. Now, Kelly Oubre, he has been a little worrisome. Uh, he had one game where he shot four for six from three, and that was against Sacramento. And people thought, okay, he's finally turning it around. But then he goes back again against the Clippers and clanks every single three he took. So his he is a little concerning, but he's still putting giving it a lot of effort on defense, which is probably what's keeping him in the starting lineup still. But I don't think he's going to shoot like this the entire season. Like last year with Phoenix, he averaged 18 points a game. So he's a capable offensive player. And it's still just, he's in his head right now, and he's still trying to figure out how to play with Steph, how to play with Draymond. And I think that's why he's in his head. He's not just letting the game come to him. But when he finally figures that out, he'll he'll also be better. And even if they're not, I do think Steph is capable of carrying the team. I think, that, okay, so yeah, this team does not have Clay or Harrison Barnes or Iguodala, but no one's saying this team is going to be a 73-1 team, right? It, it, this team doesn't need to be that. They, uh, I do think with the cast and the players that they have, they're going to be a top four seed in the West. And I do think they're going to pull it off. And then you never know in the playoffs, right? It takes a few injuries to go here and there. And you're right back in the finals like the Miami Heat last year. So I think the Warriors are uh, headed for a top four seed. I'm not saying they're going to be like the best team in the West or the league or whatever. Uh, like we got to be a little realistic here. But I think Steph and Draymond, they can carry this team. Wiggins is coming along pretty well. They just need a few other guys to get out of their heads. Like Even Wiseman, he's still a rookie. And he, he hasn't played that well the past few games. But he's still learning. He's still growing. And you never know where this team goes from here. Excited to see. Excited to see. They do play the Raptors tonight. So I'm excited to see that game. Yes. Um, so let's see where they, they take off this year. Definitely. Awesome. So let's move on. Another topic I'm really interested in, and I think it's, it's very fascinating. We have not touched on the latest rookies, mm-hmm. right? Who's shining? Who's struggling? So I want to take your pick. The notable rookie, who stood out to you the most thus far? I mean, we said it, right? Ball's been very exciting. And we're not talking about basketball. We're talking about Lamelo Ball. Um, he he just he became what the youngest player, youngest player to ever have a triple double yesterday. Yep. And the day before that, against his brother Lonzo, he always became the youngest player to have a triple double. He was just one assist shy. Exactly. And I think he's going to be a much better player than Lonzo. You can already tell, but just his confidence and his touch. And his feel for the game. And there's just something about him. He plays with this swag. And I don't even know if that word people use in 2020 anymore, but I'll use it still. He, he, he plays, he has a swagger about him. And you can tell that he's going to be one of those really exciting players. And I have no clue why the Hornets still don't start him. That's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you got to start your surprise rookie who's also playing great. So, He's been so he's been really exciting to watch. Um, I think he's gonna be a great player, and I think people really underrated 
what he could be because he he didn't go. For, I, I think you put Lamelo Ball on Minnesota. I think he'd be doing really well. Edwards is not doing that well. I think Lamelo Ball could have been the number one pick, and right now he's showing everyone that maybe he should have been. Yeah, to be honest, like I'm I'm surprised because I thought him being at like 180 pounds, guy weighs the same amount as me, <laughs> would, <laughs> would get bodied in the NBA, and he's been really showing up. Like I think you hit it right on the nail. That is like he's going to be better than Lonzo. Like Lonzo's ceiling, who knows? But what he's shown on the court thus far, and yeah, swagger, that's 100%. He has a swag. He has a confidence when he gets on the court, which is awesome. I just want to see if he can continue this. Like I know he's blowing up now, and I know that Charlotte doesn't start him yet, which is odd to me. But, you know, they do have strong guards, right? And uh, Devontae Graham and, and uh, Scary Terry. So when you have like a really nice backcourt and someone who can come off the bench and kind of play multiple positions, right? When you talk about the point guard, he can also play, he has the height to play like a small forward if he wants to really. And he's, he's a pretty good rebounder now. If you see his stat line. So the fact that he can do all of these, a very versatile player. And it's not that he can't shoot or anything like that. He can shoot. He can score the ball really effectively too, which is awesome. Um, I just want to see and, how he and plays defend. Against. He can also defend. And he can defend. And he can defend. I just I want to see how he plays really against underrated. all the elite teams. His defense yeah. is very underrated. And his he's averaging quite a bit, like almost 13 points, six boards, and six assists, which is solid for a for rookie. That's especially coming off the bench. And he's playing around 25 minutes, so he's not even playing the full game. So when you factor that in, you really like to see what he does, maybe playing like 40 minutes a game. I, I really do want to see his potential. And I think for sure, like hands down, he's already past Lonzo. Um, but also Lonzo, we have yet to see, right? He played with LeBron, right? And then instantly got traded and basically had to refine himself. And now he's playing with Zion, who's another top-notch rookie so Lamelo, the team he's playing on I think is really great for him to shine because Charlotte really has nobody that can shine now Hayward's there but Hayward's not the same player that he was back in Utah so Hayward's been balling out though he's been balling I'm not saying he's a bad player I'm just saying that he has Lamelo has the room to score the ball and take the lead right whereas Lonzo has these star players he's been surrounded by um and the top lottery players now Ingram, right? And Zion, he has a couple, he has to share the rock quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas I know Charlotte, they have Scary Terry, they have uh, Devontae Graham, but those aren't players that you expect to take over, expect to lead the team. They don't have like a bona fide leader. I think Hayward fits that, but with LaMelo coming in as their next star, I think he could take over that role with Charlotte. I think uh, Lonzo's going to try and sign with Charlotte next year. What do you think? He's going to be a restricted free agent. With the Ball brothers playing together, that would be nice. It would be a nice story, but I think it would be awful for his career. (laughs) Hands down. Hands down. Like, you're adding another guard. And Charlotte would just be adding more guards for no reason. You know what I mean? 
what was what's funny is Lonzo was so much more hyped up coming out of college than Lamelo. People thought yeah, that because Lonzo it's would be the this transcendent the... player. Yeah, Lavar. Yeah, he hyped him up like no tomorrow, and exactly he, he got him drafted by the Lakers, like literally just by talking. Exactly, and then for Lamelo, he learned that Lamelo actually going to be a better player. So time to shut the fuck up and let Lamelo <laughs> play ball. So I think that's what he did. He was smart about it this time. It's time for Charlotte to bring in Lonzo, bring in Leangelo, and let them run the Chino Hills offense, man. <laughs> I think it'll work. Yeah, it, it'll work in the G League, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it was so all funny right, when right. Leangelo got um, signed by Detroit and everyone was like, oh, like he finally gets a chance. And then he got waived right before the season started. <laughs> Ah, it's unfortunate. I'd really like to see how he plays in the NBA. At least give the man a shot, you know? But he's yeah. with the G League team now, so that's good. Yeah. So he re-up. Awesome. Okay, other than LaMelo, I just want to quickly touch on who else has been standing out for you? Um, I mean, LaMelo is the main one. For me, obviously, I, I watch a lot of uh, Golden State games. So James Wiseman, he started off pretty well. He's kind of leveled off the past few games. I feel like he's been, even for James Wiseman with Golden State, he's gotten in his head a bit. Like You can tell when you watch him play that he's trying to think a lot. He's trying to implement everything he's been learning in practice and everything that Draymond and Steve Kerr have been harping at him about. So he's not, he's not just like just playing the game. You know, he, you can see he's in his head a lot. And I think that happens when you're a rookie, especially a rookie that's like playing with such high-level superstars and trying to win games. While for like someone like Lamelo or even Anthony Edwards, if you're given the keys to the franchise, then you can just you have that uh, room to make mistakes, and you're not held that accountable. But for Wiseman, he he doesn't have that room to make that many mistakes. Even though Golden State is going to be patient with him, I feel like he knows that he's in a winning team. They're trying to make the playoffs. And they're trying to be competitive in the playoffs. So he has to be a, a, a productive center for them. So that's why like sometimes you see Wiseman's in his head. But I think come midseason, when he also figures out a lot of these rookie things, he's going to be a lot better. And he, he looks like a freak, like athletically. And his, he, has, he looks like a freak athletically. He has game. He has a shooting touch that no one ever thought he would. His defensive IQ is a little lacking, but I think those are things you can learn as you grow. He has a f- physical tools to be uh, like Rudy Gobert level defender, and not only that, he can also go out. He, I think he could. He also has the physical tools to go out to the perimeter and uh, defend perimeter guys when he switched onto them. So he, he's going to be a special player. Other than that, Anthony Edwards has been a little disappointing. Uh, I mean, he's he's been scoring and he's been. Uh, given ample opportunity, but it just seems like his he doesn't have that IQ and some of the shot some of the shot selection is just boneheaded. Like sometimes I see he's like dribbling, dribbling, and then at the three point line, and then tries to take a three over a guy right on his face. And like he's not Steph Curry or Damian Lillard to do that. He doesn't have that shot. So why not just use your physical tools to just go in and try to drive in? So some of his shot selection has me a little worried, which is why I'm like, maybe LaMelo would have been a better number one pick for the Wolves. 
So uh, in those are the top three picks. Patrick Williams, the number four pick. He's he's been playing pretty well. He's he's been very solid for Chicago. Um, and yeah, I mean we still haven't seen Onyeka Okongwu. He he's been injured. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's anyone else that necessarily stands out. Uh, I mean, actually, other than maybe Cole Anthony in in Orlando. He, I mean, Markov Fultz uh, unfortunately tore his ACL, so Cole Anthony's gonna have a lot of opportunity, and he he looks pretty good. He doesn't look bad. What about you, Ryan? Uh, who who do you like? Awesome. Awesome. Um, no, it's good. I think, yeah, like you, you mentioned Cole Anthony. I think he's going to step it up. Like I'd like to see how he plays when, uh, you know, when now that Markel is down, but I got to give it to my guy. Come on. Like Anthony Edwards, man, you got to give him a shot. It's still <laughs> early. He's playing in Minnesota. I mean, they're always cursed in Minnesota. I think, you know, these rookies, they do amazing. They play good. And, they always are expected to be, even though he's the top pick, they're expected to be like this amazing superstar. He's still averaging 15 points, two boards, two assists. And I know he did flop the other night. He gave up a game-winning opportunity. He's a rookie. He's still learning at the end of the day. You got to give the man some some time to develop a little bit. It's only 10 games in um, the NBA. So that's my guy. Other than LaMelo, I still got Anthony Edwards as the rookie of the year. Um you know, given that LaMelo doesn't start and he's only playing 26 minutes, which is only a minute more than LaMelo, and he's still averaging 15 points. I do want to see Anthony Edwards get involved more with other than scoring, you know, in terms of dishing out the, the rock. But you know what? Give him some time. I think when it comes down to it, rookie of the year is going to come down to him versus, him versus LaMelo. So he's my guy, 100%. So yeah, I mean, can't go wrong. You, with you, you hope to see other great players, and uh, I I want to see him do well because I want to see Minnesota win some games, uh, and there's a reason for that is because Golden State owns their pick for next year, which is top three protected. So as long as they don't land in the top three, Golden State gets another pick and another great rookie to come in and play for them next year. So hey, please Anthony, play a little better. I say struggle a little bit more and get that pick. <laughs> 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 awesome awesome so next thing we, t- we talked about rookies but i want to jump on to surprising teams you look at the standings and all these teams last year that were elite they're either bottom of the playoff rankings or out at least in the eastern conference now in the west it's a little different things are kind of normal but let's let's jump to the east quickly and which team has surprised you the most salvi well, I, we know who it is. Who the hell thought the Knicks would be this good? Like, what the hell? They have no one. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell are the Knicks? You think they're cursed? <laughs> you think they're cursed? Yeah, bro. They are higher in standings than the Brooklyn Nets. What? Not just the Nets, man. The Nets, the Heat, the Raptors. Yeah, what? but Brooklyn, I'm saying Knicks are regarded as the second team in New York at this point. But oh, they yeah. are higher than the Brooklyn Nets. Now, obviously, it's not going to last. We know that. Like, we know that. If if that it does last, then I don't know. Whoever Knicks fans are, they should, like, bet, like, a million dollars and like whatever in the, on the Knicks or something because that's just not likely to happen. So if you are betting a million dollars, please don't. That would be the worst decision ever. But... Yeah, but either way, they're they're playing really well. 
it's been really exciting to watch because they're this underdog team now. And Julius Randle out of nowhere has just gone off. And I love that because I picked him for my fantasy team. And I'm glad I picked him for my fantasy team because he's been giving me buckets. I know. know, And I didn't think he was going to be all-star level when I picked him. But he has been giving me buckets. He's been giving me rebounds. He's been giving me threes. He's been giving me assists and a shit ton of turnovers. But I'll take it. It's okay. Um, (laughs) I just think Tom... (laughs) I just think Tom Thibodeau instilled a lot of the winning culture in this team. And I hope it sticks because it's going to be really fun to watch this Knicks team come out of nowhere and make the playoffs. But it's still probably highly unlikely. Yeah, I think this is a fluke. 100%. I mean, Randall's playing amazing. Um, Thibodeau, amazing coach. Don't get me wrong, winning coach. But I think it's a huge fluke that they're winning this many games. People are still recovering from the bubble. These teams that played in the bubble are still re-energizing, I think, personally. So when you talk about the Knicks making the playoffs, unless you know LeBron James or Steph decides to get traded to the Knicks, I don't see this happening. With this team that they have, I do not see this happening. And you know they have some young guys. They do, like Mitchell Robinson's good young developing player. Austin Rivers, good pickup for them. Um, and then Randall obviously is playing like astronomical. And then you talk about... Um, they also Obi Toppin, I think a great pickup from the draft. But like I, I don't see this sustainable, to be honest with you. Oh, and Barrett, I forgot to mention RJ Barrett's doing amazing. But yeah, when you bring these group of guys, it's just like maybe it's just they're getting some sort of luck. You know, these these baskets should not be going in. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> luck could be like Austin Rivers is not gonna turn to Steph Curry at the end of the game and score like eleven straight or whatever he scored, right? That's not gonna happen every game. That's like a once in a blue moon occurrence. So no, it's just been fun to watch. It, it, it's it's fun to take a dig at the Nets from time to time because they have KD. And, you know, it, it would be hilarious if the Knicks end up, you know, getting the higher seed over Nets again, which is probably has like a 0.0001% chance of happening. But it's, it's been a fun story. Uh, and it's going to be fun until it lasts. But I, I don't think it's going to last too long. They're, they're eventually going to have a losing streak and going to come back down to earth. Well, you're talking about the Nets, but I'm concerned if, you know, they do better than my Heat and the Raptors. My Heat, I don't see that happening. But the Raptors, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of concerned <laughs> about that. When... No, 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 no. I, I have more faith in the Raptors. I think I think the Raptors are going to figure their shit out and come back and make the playoffs. They have to. They're, they're too good. They have too much chemistry. Uh, Siakam's been asked, and he played a little better last game. So hopefully he keeps that up. Freddie's been going off, and Lowry's Lowry. So I think I think I think the Raptors are going to pull it off. Knicks are not going to be better than the Raptors. Like, come on, no. One name, James Harden, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, we talked about the Knicks. So can we one second talk about Bradley Beal and the Wizards? Like, I have Beal on my fantasy. He's playing amazing. But he can't get a W. Now, why is that? <laughs> what the hell is happening uh, with this team? How do you drop 60 and lose? Your team must be so trash. Man, I I don't want to hate on Westbrook. 
but any team Westbrook goes to, <laughs> just it just doesn't work out. The Wizards are doing worse than last year, and that's with Westbrook. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's 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 really sad to see, and you have to wonder when Bradley Beal is gonna come out with his own trade demand because who wants to be at that? Like, you can see his frustration when someone drops sixty and then comes back and drops forty, and you lose. How how does that feel for someone when Un- you put pouring your, exactly you put pouring your heart and soul out on the court, and you your teammates are losing you the game. And he, he expresses frustration in a press conference. He was like, uh, they were asking uh, him about it. And he's like, we can't even guard a parked car right now. That's how bad our defense is. And I think that is where the problem exactly. is. Exactly. They have no defense. Russell Westbrook ain't going to defend shit. He, he's not going to, he's not even going to guard a parked chair, let alone a parked car. And he, he's just worried about his own stats. And that's why I never liked Westbrook. And tell me, call me a Westbrook hater, but I always thought he had the least IQ and he's going to give you 110% on the offensive end, but not give you shit on the def- defensive end. And I, I just think a team, team with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook should not, should not have a record with like only two wins. Yeah. On, on paper, this team looks like a top contender, but, and they have the rookie like Denny they got, and then they got Rui. Like they have a solid supporting cast, Thomas Bryant, who went out, unfortunately, but that's a tough loss for them. But I think at this point, yeah, Beal needs to ask for a trade out of here. You know how uh, Jack Armstrong says, get that garbage out of here. In this case, he's not garbage, but get this man out of D.C. Because with this, and maybe, hey, maybe the riots happen because the Wizards are so shit on top of everything else. Because if I were a Wizards fan right now, I would go nuts. Because this is way too crazy when you drop 60 and then 40 and they lose. Yo, I saw I saw this meme. Who has a, uh, who has a worse defense than Washington? The Washington Wizards or the Capitol Hill Police? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, that's so true. That's so true. I think it's the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You'd be, probably be right. You know what? Trade the whole team and just rebuild, man. Rebuild around your young guys. They, they shouldn't just beat around the bush here. Trade them to the Raptors. We could use a guy like Beal. Yeah, but how are they going to trade Westbrook? Who, who's who's going to take on Westbrook? Like th- That contract right now is the worst contract in the league, most likely. Because John Wall looks like he's pretty good. Yep. He looks better than Westbrook. Oh, so, yeah. Wizards are probably like, what the hell do we just do? Because John Wall, with the way he's playing, you have him on this team. He's probably a better defender than Westbrook. And, and okay, full disclosure, I haven't actually watched a live game of John Wall. I've only been watching highlights, so I don't know how his defense is. But I'm assuming he's doing better than Westbrook because well, Houston's at least winning a few games. And sometimes without James Harden, they're winning. So, yeah. Wall's definitely, I think, a smarter player and he's more of a team player. Um, I think Westbrook, yeah, he's a stat stuffer. So, Wall's not doing bad. 21 points, four boards, five assists. That's that's good. You can't ask for more playing alongside James Harden, right? So, good for him. When Russ is in the picture with Washington, he's averaging 19 and almost 12 assists, which is amazing statistically. Again, doesn't help the team one bit. So, 
<laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> so, in my opinion, trade everybody. You know, get get your guys uh, to rebuild. Get some draft picks going. This team is is struggling, and they have been struggling for the last couple of years. I mean, if, yeah, if Bradley Beal's available and trade, Raptors scoop him up. I feel like Golden State's going to be lined up to scoop him up. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would. I would love to see him traded. To be honest, it would make the season much more exciting. But yeah, yeah. awesome, it's good stuff. We got another week down, man. In the deep range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, let's see. Let's see what happens in this week. I mean, as we're talking, actually, Brooklyn's down against OKC. Actually, another surprising team, OKC. How how are they? Four wins. How do they have four wins and about to have a fifth win? That's uh, I don't know if that's a testament to Shea Gilgis, the Canadian man, or what it is. But I I love seeing Canadians shine. Shea Gilgis Alexander and OKC and RJ Barrett and New York Knicks. Hamilton's very own. That's what I gotta say. Yep. Kudos to him, man. Kudos to him. Yeah, I mean, the when you talk about Shea, you talk about Al Horford. They got uh, George Hill, and it's also not forget they got like Dort's doing pretty well too. He's balling. Um, Hamido Diallo, like these guys are young, athletic guys can score the rock. So Brooklyn, they definitely have a lot that they're up against for sure. And I think Brooklyn, to be honest, they'll figure it out. Like, I'm not too worried about them. They got Katie, they got Kyrie. They just need to get in sync. It was like the Clippers last year, right? Clippers, we were unsure of before they weren't struggling this bad for sure. But, um, when you combine everything else, I mean, I'd like to see what happens like around the all-star break time. Let's see how um, KD and Kyrie do. They, they could start exploding. Like KD right now, 31 and 11, looking like the old KD, definitely. Just the rest of the team needs to get on board, right? You talk about the Jared Allens. You talk about um, the Joe Harris. You talk about Kyrie coming back fully healthy. Um, they just have a lot of firepower. And when you have that much firepower, you need to really figure out like who's going to take the next jumper, who's going to, which play should we run? And then on top of that, you know, Steve Nash, he's a rookie coach. Uh, he has a lot to learn. So I, I would be confident in the nets, um, but kudos to the thunder though, because they always seem to pull off um, something like with the teams that they've had, it's these young guys and these couple of vets they, they have no ego. Like one person can kind of take over or they can play their team ball, which I really love watching. And I think they carried that over when you play with a guy like Chris Paul. Um, the whole team aspect, that really carries over. And I think that's what happened with the OKC Thunder. And I think that's going to continue to happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be exciting to see. And uh, I mean, everyone's vying for the playoffs, it seems like. So especially in the West, it's, uh, it's going to be a... Uh, really fun season but with that that's uh our third episode in a row wrapped up where we have good momentum ryan there you go let's keep it up brother let's keep it up let's keep it up I'll catch you all next week again hopefully many more exciting things happening in the nba now we gotta go catch our raptors and golden state going at it let's go let's check it out all right everyone deep range out deep range out <laughs>